Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Welcome to the Hotel Hell. Check-in time is now. Check-out time is never. It's Mike Shope. Does my room have cable? No. And the sheets are made of fire. Can I change rooms? Sorry, we're all booked up. Hell convention in town. And the Bulldog. Can I have a late checkout? I'll have to talk to the manager. You're not the manager, even in your own fantasy? I'm the owner. The co-owner. With Satan. It's Mike Shope. Okay. Just... So I understand that in your wildest fantasy, you are in hell, and you are co-running a bed and breakfast with the devil. And the bulldog. Yeah, but I haven't told you my salary yet. Go. $80,000 a year. On WGR Sports Radio 550. I am required to keep this short because I had my chance, and then I (laughs) forgot what I wanted to say. So I shouldn't get to go long here. Your name's on the sign. Uh, I know, but (laughs) still yours. I shouldn't get to go long TD here. It's not going to be 21,000 words, what I'm about to say. Uh, About Pagula and what he probably, or I don't even know if it's probably, might think of McDermott and the situation. Um, I said, my guess would be, I think he would be incredulous to an argument that the Bills should change coaches. Part of the reason I would say that is because the Sabres exist. And he owns them, too, and it's been constant state of disaster, right? Can't get good, apathy, changing coaches, paying a bunch of people to not work there anymore. As, as bad as a, as a sports team can ever do is the Sabres of the last decade. And I said, last, the second point is, I said at the time when the heat was mostly on McDermott, like at 6-6 six and six in, in, that, mm-hmm. in that span, talking about whether a change could happen, what my take was, was I think it only has a chance of happening if internally the relationships are fractured. Whether that's, I mean, you had the offensive coordinator fired, so that was a possibility. But coach and GM, coach and owner, coach and quarterback, you know, like if Pagula knew that there was some big problem in the room, then he could maybe have been compelled to make a change in, in the name of that. I mean, Bill Polian was fired after, you know, back-to-back Super Bowls because, like, relationships. And, right. and that kind of thing can happen. But what my thought was then was that it would not happen unless that. And there's no evidence of that at all. So that's it. No, if, if anything, um, you know, I, I wouldn't want to correlate their winning streak with, you know, the team responding to and having their back in the face of the harshest criticism McDermott has endured as the Bills coach. But, it you know, if there was a moment where what you're describing could have happened or was likely to happen, that was it. And it 
just did not happen. The opposite. They just they never lost until you know the second round of the playoffs, and um, there seem seemingly was no, you know, not that anybody's going to come out and and lay it out there anyway, um, but it seemed like a pretty you know like they had it together, and I I think in the face of that criticism and and that lengthy Tyler Dunn piece. Um, you know that contests the, the 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 nerves and the the wherewithal of of a group like this and and the leader of that group and they came through it. Um, and I think that's that's to their credit and that's to his credit. Eight oh three oh five fifty to join us. Wasn't expecting or planning to get into McDermott uh, today. Caller brought it up. It's, it's an important discussion, and fans are a lot of fans are all about it. So um, we invite you to uh, join us for that. Or something else, get to a a poll from Ross Tucker's podcast that I wanted to run by you, something he said. Let's go to Chris next. Hi, Chris. Hey, guys. Uh, Thanks for taking my phone call. Um, You know, just kind of sticking with the topic here, I I think a frustrating part for at least myself, and I'm sure a lot of the other fans as well, and I hear this a lot on the show's, um, a lot of people don't feel like Sean is held accountable. Um, and I think one of the biggest problems, at least for me, within this organization is that he sits at the top of the organizational totem pole. You know, typically you have your team owner or owners. You know, you have your team president. And then you have your general manager, your people who are responsible for managing the entire operation of the team. And then you have your head coach, who's the chef and he makes the meals with all the ingredients, all your players. You know, we have a laundry list of Von Millers, Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, how many more guys are we going to constantly bring in and change player-wise? And I'm not saying that Sean firing him is the answer. But what I am saying is why is there nobody else checking him? Like, we needed an offensive coordinator. Sure, we had one in-house in Joe Brady. Why was there nobody pushing the button to interview Kellen Moore? Why was there nobody pushing the button to interview Eric Bieniemy? We interviewed Thad Lewis. And then, boom, Joe Brady. You know, defensive coordinator-wise, we, who did we interview? Nobody. And then, boom, it's Bobby Babbage. You know, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. You have a two-time head coach in Andy Reid, and then you have uh, a former – head coach and an established defensive coordinator in Spagnuolo. You have Matt Nagy on staff. He's surrounded by this bevy of coaching talent. And when we get into the playoffs and we constantly fall short, I'm a firm believer that it's about setting the players and the team up for success. And I'll end with this. We, we, you asked if the loss in Kansas, to Kansas City this year was on Sean. I would say yes. We got into the last seven minutes of that game, and we purposely – slowed the momentum of the game down to try and tie it. That's inexcusable. The way that game was going, we should have tried to go down that field and score as quickly as possible. Sure, Kansas City probably would have came back and either got a field goal, maybe even a touchdown. Then we get the ball back and we try to score again. That That's being able to, to read those big game scenarios is what I think Sean is lacking so much, whether it's 13 seconds or whatever other playoff blunder you want to go back to. There's just nobody keeping yeah. him in check. But, I don't understand why he has the power and the autonomy to do this. That, that okay. is your premise, and you can't even prove it. 
How, how, how would you know anything about his accountability? You're, you're talking about internally. He couldn't be talking about externally, like what Bulldog says who, or something. Who, who would fire him? Who would fire him? He's on fire. Terry Pagula would do it, like on most teams. The owner would do it. He's not. He doesn't own the team. Like, but who, who's telling him that? Who's it's, telling him what? Nobody else in the room. It, no, nobody's going to Terry and saying, hey, we got to get rid of Sean. No, because it would be his decision. That's how it works in most organizations in the NFL. It's it's not as old old fashioned as you lay it out. Like he's just sort of down the list. He's not down the list. I mean, we're talking about who who makes more money than McDermott in the organization, other than like a, two or three players. He has he has tons of power, and he doesn't have more than the owner. So if the whole premise here, look, he, they didn't interview the guys you wanted, right? That doesn't mean that they they don't care. Clearly. The Bills, and this would make sense, I think, in fairness, value their continuity, their ability so far through the years to maintain a top team, not the top team, by promoting from within, including Dorsey. So, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's scandalous or anything that sort of McDermott has just gone rogue because he doesn't want to talk to Eric Bieniemy. I mean, Brady filled in, and they won every week. <laughs> like... I also don't really agree about the end of the game. Like, they, I sat here for days criticizing them for throwing <laughs> to the end zone. I'm, you know, I'm waiting for here. Yeah. How, how, yeah. We're going to blame McDermott for stalling the game, momentum, right, when they threw two passes to the end zone before the field goal? That's not playing to tie. And like a 70-yard bomb on the first play of that drive. That's Right. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I mean, it ended with them trying a field goal, but that was not they, – they were not playing for the field goal. And certainly their quarterback wasn't playing for the field goal. You know, we, we wonder whether or not, you know, they, they you know, got in his ear enough to tell him to throw the ball to Diggs uh, on that play that went incomplete in the end zone to Shakir. But, yeah, you, I appreciated the, the, the first part of the caller's points about the, the coordinator because I, I, that lines up with me. Um, you know, I didn't really think about Kellen Moore, but the enemy was a name that I don't know if I met I, – I, I'm almost sure I did. But I wanted them to spend time on that job. And I don't know what sort of uh, forces were pressing on them in the form of Brady having other opportunities – um, but they could have taken a longer time and talked to more people. I think that could have been healthy for them, and maybe they would have even found their way to somebody more experienced than Joe Brady um, and maybe better. Those two don't have to be, you know, you know, they don't have to necessarily equate. But um, so fine. But the end of the game thing just, yeah, I don't know, you, you lost me there. Like you're trying too hard to pin it on him that they missed a 44-yard field goal after – launching a bomb to start that drive with eight minutes to go in the game, by the way, and then running the clock all the way down to the point where, you know, yeah, we, we've, we've done, we've done like master's level thesis work on those final two minutes in those plays, dissecting them and talking about them. It was not slow it down to kick a field goal at all. Well, I I don't want to, I don't want to stay here, but any analysis of that, has to be fluid. It has to change as the drive is going along. I had one guy that week, last week, I guess, coming at me with, you know, it would have had to be a 20-play drive if they had thrown underneath and, you know, run Allen or whatever. It ended up being a 16-play drive. And he's like, Mike, how many 20-play drives are they? Like, I couldn't care less. 
your, your situation is what it is on the first play of that drive. Then you get to like 12 plays into it. It doesn't matter that you've had the ball for 12 plays. Only what matters is the down and distance and the clock and the current situation. So the length of the drive to date is irrelevant. And, you know, okay, be more aggressive. The caller's like, be more aggressive. And you're right to point out the first play of that drive was a bomb. But as you're four minutes, five minutes left, four minutes left, then you're completely in position A. And the field goal is the worst-case scenario. Once you get into field goal range, you want almost as little time on the clock as you can have to be able to execute and score and still have a chance to win. And they kind of got there. So I I, I would never criticize them for what happened on that drive until they got, in my opinion, a little too full of themselves, or Allen did, after the two-minute warning. Yeah, I mean, I I, I wouldn't. I, I, yeah, I just wouldn't hang that on him, on the coach. Like, Allen made the decisions he made there. Diggs was there. He was open. He was available. Allen would know, like, what route Diggs is running, and just he chose to go somewhere else with the ball. So I, I don't know how to pin that on McDermott unless you want him to put Josh Allen in a high chair with a bib on and, like, nurse him. I mean, I don't know what the hell else you want him to do. How much responsibility should he have for any of that if i if i want anything from mcdermott he's not calling plays i want him with the 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 foresight you know the oversight and then you get to that two minute warning and what the bills failed to do in my opinion is recognize how they had like the chiefs the chiefs worst case scenario was the first down and not the touchdown and that should have been clear to them and maybe they all missed it like that that that's fair on the head coach. They have time mm-hmm. to discuss that. So that that's fair, but I don't know. Like the whole premise was he's not accountable and I'm like to whom? How do how does anybody even think they know that? I think the only way I I think maybe the only way a certain kind of fan is going to feel like Sean McDermott is held accountable is when he gets fired. Which I assume someday will happen. Well, now, you, you, know, you you and I in 20 plus years have had it's been a while now in terms of the bills but have had every coach that it gets to be sort of negative about um fans are always making that kind of point like why why is what they really mean when people say accountability is like just you just said when are they going to fire him right that's what accountability that's what the word is sort of code for because you have no idea, like is he? He doesn't meet with the. They always say they, say they do. I mean, dude, you don't believe that? Doesn't meet with he, the caller's like, who tells Terry Pagula what to do? Like nobody tells him what to do. He might have advisors. He might have. He might solicit opinions, but it's his call, of course. You know, just you, the the guy makes it sound like Pagula just left the building, and because of that, McDermott is basically sort of just ta- he just does whatever he wants. I'm sure he does. He gets a lot of what he wants, but they've also won a lot of games. Some benefit of the doubt has been earned. When they promote Brady or Bobby Babich, I mean, I'm not freaking out because I feel like they've earned some credit for doing that well. And I think there is value in, you know, not having someone new necessarily. Maybe not always, but maybe that would have been better. But I, I wouldn't blame them for thinking that they didn't need that. I mean, they've been very successful. Anyway, yeah, okay. That's uh, lively. That's that. That's that. Let's go to James next. Hi, James. Hey, uh, I was just listening on this McDermott talk. I just don't like how we've played Kansas City however many times in the playoffs, 
and we've never really changed our defensive de- approach. Um, we've never been able to sack or put any pressure on Mahomes. I know uh, the counterpoint is, well, you're sacrificing a guy in coverage, but what we were doing did not work. They scored every single drive with the exception of two, one being a drive where they fumbled out of the back of the end zone, and that was our big break of the game. If they would have scored on that, that game would have been over. My second point is uh, the game wasn't over when we didn't convert on uh, our last drive. We had timeouts left, and we knew Kansas City had to run the ball and get a first down, forcing us to burn our timeouts. If we would have stopped them there, we would have at least had a shot. It was only a three-point game. And they smashed it right down our throats, and we knew it was coming. In our defensive line, that was the only position group that was not hurt. I mean, Mahomes, if you're going to compare him to Brady, Tom uh, Coughlin and on the Giants came up with a game plan to at least slow him down. And, you know, McDermott taking all this credit for being a defensive guru, not in the playoffs. I've seen uh, the quarterback Skyler Thompson from Miami throw for over 300 yards against us. Uh, I just Philip Rivers kept it close. I, our defense in the playoffs has been atrocious. Well, there, there, thank you, James. There is some truth to that. Like there, there is some truth mm-hmm. to that. I mean, we're we're at Skylar Thompson now, but I mean, there is some truth to look at the Bills. This has been said about Pittsburgh enough times. You know, Tomlin and the credit he gets. Well, look at how it's gone in the playoffs for this team. This is what they're supposed to be good at. So the the point that you're playing against the very best quarterbacks is really only takes you so far. Uh, fair enough, I think. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Skyler Thompson. Making an appearance. I didn't yes. see him in the green room when I pulled in. No, he wasn't there. there. there, there. Wow. He didn't rate. Late ad. He, <laughs> he doesn't get to use the green room. He was, he was actually he was there taping a segment for the Today Show, and he just came over. He just has to stand outside the window until we're ready for him. That's what happens. Speaking of Brady, Josh Allen is playing this week at Pebble Beach, and Brady is in his group. Yeah, saw that. Keegan Bradley is with Brady. Who is the guy that's with Allen? I didn't recognize his name. Keith Mitchell. He's played okay. with him other times. Like that's, okay. that's kind of his guy, I think. Keith Mitchell. Okay. So that starts tomorrow. Brian Koziol has a tweet with all the pairings. Um, yeah, you can find that if you want. Pebble Beach. You see the clip of Tony Finau playing there today? I did, but what? what he hit was, driver on a short was, par three. Yeah, windy. That was number seven, right? The legendary hole there. Because it was so windy, he had to hit yeah. driver to get it to the front of the green. And and that's what he did. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't see well enough to tell if he hit the ball 200 yards past the hole into the ocean or if he got it up there. I, I, I couldn't see the no. ball. No. The point was it took him driver to, to get it on the green on a short gotcha. par three. That seems really tough. Then. Oh, yeah. baby. That's like a 106-yard hole. Promise me that tomorrow. I'm, to- I'm getting up early for it if I have to. Th- those kind of conditions? Yes. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah. It's a good watch. It is a good watch. That that course though, that's a good watch if the weather is perfect. Yes, it is. Like I just, you know, I, I love I, 
the people hang gliding and the whole the whole thing. It's just it's very picturesque. I will get to a break and look for your calls again after sports. I will spend the break pouring over the foursomes and looking for fun names, not just NFL quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll look for some fun names and report back. Eight oh three oh five fifty to join us, Mike Schopen, the Bulldog. This is WGR. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.